0: Would you join me in welcoming Pastor Yaku? Welcome, brother. Good morning. 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 I'm so delighted to be here. Um, Thank you, Pastor John. And thank you, all, Fifth Family, for this wonderful privilege for me to speak here. Um, Yeah, when I come here, I can see so many uh, near and dear friends. And I always feel like this is kind of uh, second church, you know, first out my own church. Every time I have free time, actually, I come here, you know, to join the worship. So I'm really glad to be here. Before I go to anything else, I just want to ask your prayer request uh, right now. You can pray in your personal time as well. As I share, you can start praying in your heart. Uh, we know the COVID situation right now in India and Nepal uh, It's going on. I just had a conversation last Thursday with some of our church Panthers prayer time over the Zoom. And I was deeply um, kind of, um, actually I was gripped with a fear the way I heard the stories from, there, from them. We were eight or nine all together and each of them were telling me a story how actually COVID has hit one of their family members. Uh, one pastor was telling, telling me that, Right now, at the moment when we were sharing a a prayer, he said that my brother-in-law just passed away. My wife and her family could not see him. They were just buried him. They just buried him. Uh, They could not uh, see him. And my wife is crying, you know, wailing and mourning. Uh, He was telling me that story. One of the pastors said that uh, the pastors that I know, only the pastors I know, 19 of them have already died because of COVID. There might be many pastors that I don't know. The pastors I know, out of that 19 have already died because of the COVID. And, and one of our planters was in the hospital. He was talking from the hospital. He said, I'm here, I'm bringing my uh, brother-in-law. Situation is so actually dire, so difficult. Um, patients are everywhere in the um, uh, uh, hospitals, they're in the outside, they're in the room, there's no space. So he was referring to that. He was telling me, uh, setting that incident, showing me that. So please um, pray for Nepal and India as COVID has hit. The uh, situation is uh, scary than what we hear in the news. Um, and there is a now fear that third wave will come, that will hit. Mostly kids and children, so parents are already panicked. That's what uh, some of our sponsors were telling me. So please uh, pray for Nepal and India. You, you know the India situation as well. Uh, As you pray in your personal time, please, please do pray, um, uh, people from Nepal and India. With that prayer request, I want to say again thank you. Thank you to you all for this wonderful privilege. And I'm personally blessed to have uh, friends like you, like Fifth Reform. Um, Ever since I became friends with John, uh, Fifth has been a huge blessing to me personally, to my family personally, and also in the ministry here in Grand Rapids in um, Nepal. I remember um, in 2015, uh, we had planted our church in 2012, and I was volunteer, we all were volunteer, and the time came, God gave us so, mon- so many new souls that in 2015, uh, I had to come as a full-time uh, church planter. Uh, I was still in the seminary, I was staying in the seminary housing uh, to think Moving from seminary house to out was actually a scary thing for me because I was the only one earning a little bit of money. My wife could not work, and I had a one-year-old son. So it was a difficult time for me, actually, to come as a child planter, full-time child planter. Um, and we were praying, and we were a bit scared, actually. How can we do that, Lord? And then mean, uh, meanwhile, um, one of our uh, members, uh, we found that uh, she is willing to let us her, let her stay in, in their houses, with an unimaginable, you know, low price. Um, and that allows for three years, actually. Three years without much, you know, thinking about financial stress, I could invest myself into the ministry. And some of yours actually uh, members personally invested in prayer, in friendship, even financially during those times. Um, and some of you actually helped our people our needy families to drive them to hospitals, to doctor's appointments, and everywhere. So I'm deeply grateful, actually, you know, uh, not just my, for my personal or for my family, but as a ministry-wise also, during those early days when we were just picking up, we were just planting church, reaching out our community. You helped us many ways, you know, because of your friendship, partnership, your investment, your prayers, your personal our friendship and your advices uh, god has brought us today um, where we are we were we started with six families and a handful of youth today we have around 100 plus uh, members including kids infants and adults uh, when i come here i feel like so peaceful uh, if you come to our church you find noise everywhere kids are running everywhere uh, uh, and uh, because of that, I mean, we are grateful for that because we have so many young families like myself, um, and so many kids growing up. Actually, almost every other week, I have to go for um, what's called gender revelation, reveal, or or baby, you know, dedication or prayer, something like that. So we are growing in uh, biologically also, uh, and we are also blessed to have that. In 2018, God gave us a small building. Uh, it is located in uh, between. 48 and 52nd on Eastern Road. If you, have, if you drive that way, you can see that small building. And we have outgrown the building. Uh, our kids are running everywhere. Because of that, uh, we have been praying to add three more rooms so that we can have a kids' room and then a youth room and then office. Right now, we don't have uh, enough space. We don't have lobby to run around our kids to run around and play around so we have been praying for that and thank you so much for opening your hearts and hands uh, for that uh, project for that mission our goal is to raise 150000 actually the cost is much more higher but some of um, our friends and donors would like to help if we come up with 150000 and just let let me tell you that i'm again greatly um, deeply grateful that some of our uh, uh, within even our church family, even though we are small, we are immigrants, we are growing, uh, we have so much limited income, uh, we have raised around sixty five thousand within our congregation, and then uh, we have friends from other churches, so we are around forty five thousand away besides your help, we are uh, around forty five thousand away uh, from that um, uh, target uh, so again, thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you for your friendship, thank you for your Uh, Help, thank you for your uh, support uh, and prayers that uh, it's really privileged to uh, partner with you. Well, I was planting church um, here in Grand Rapids. As I come from Nepal, uh, I'm a a son of a church planter and a pastor. My dad is a church planter pastor, one of the oldest, one of the earliest uh, believers of the area where we come from. Um, So I knew that church planting is important. Um, And I am from Nepal, so I always remember Nepal and I always pray, Lord, how can we reach out back in Nepal also? So as I was praying, um, God opened the door in 2018 onward. uh, We also began to partner uh, with some of the church planters back in Nepal, in local church planters. Uh, With that process, uh, we we have now 17 church planters on the ground in Nepal who are reaching out their own villages, their own nearby areas. So we do that with the idea or with the mindset, uh, with the mission of multiplication. Um, so these 17 church planters have already uh, planted small congregations, 34 small congregations, or we call it fellowship. We don't call it church right now. Um, they have already uh, started 34 small uh, congregations, uh, fellowships in different parts of the villages or areas. So we have been planting churches in Nepal also, and we have been uh, planting just right now here in Grand also. And we, uh, we also have another small fellowship in Lansing that, we, that I have been a part of that, just planting in, uh, in, in Lansing as well. So having said all these things, what I'm saying is that, uh, again, uh, it's really blessed. It's really, um, I'm really uh, um, encouraged by your friendship. Uh, if you're not there, when I say you, fifth, uh, I think it would have been much difficult for us to start this uh, child binding movement. So you have been supporting here in Grand Rapids to reach out among our people group. You have been supporting us and helping us, praying us to reach out people in Nepal also. And I hope that uh, you will be supporting us whenever we go, wherever we go, because there are so many Nepali around the world. In fact, there are many Nepali people around the world than in Nepal itself. So. I hope that you will join me sometime on that journey as well and we'll explore together. Amen? Amen. Having said that, um, today is, I know that today is Pentecost Day um, and uh, it's a day to remind ourselves how the Lord has actually sent His Spirit, moved His Spirit uh, to reach out many uh, people group. So I want to, what I want to do today, uh, this morning, is I want to read I want to share you from Matthew 28, which is very familiar with us. Uh, but I also, I want to add some of the things from um, Acts 2. Uh, that way, uh, we will focus on Pentecost at the same time. I want to focus, I want to draw your attention to the great commission that Lord has given to us. So I want to invite you. you know, this message is not something new, but I just want to invite you into the mission that God has already started. God has already given to us. I know that uh, there are so many information in uh, here, right? Uh, The library we have here, the personal library we have is much, I think, bigger than some of the library back in Nepal's Theological Seminary. So we have so many resources, so many information here. So what I want to do is, um, instead of giving you a lot of information, I want to invite you to this journey, to this mission, to this command that uh, our Lord has given and I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the command God, uh, Lord gave in 20, uh, Matthew 28 and then Acts 2, they are correlated. Okay? They, are, they go together. So having said that, uh, let me give you um, just brief um, context of today's passage and then I'll read Matthew 28 and we'll go from there. So when, we, when we look at Matthew 28, uh, we see there uh, Jesus has risen from the dead. And he has already appeared actually to many, uh, as many as 500 uh, disciples or people. And then uh, he's already in, on the earth for 40 days after he was raised. So he has been appearing and he's, in the, um, he's with his people for around 40 days. And, bef- and, and he knows that he's, it's time to come for him to go back to heaven. So he calls his disciples to the Mount of Galilee and he says you go there and I will meet you there and then disciples also go there Jesus comes there and Jesus meets with his disciples um, Matthew 28 16 to 18 says that 17 says that when they met when the disciples met Jesus there they worshipped him but some of them were doubting or hesitant you know, some of the English Bible says hesitant Some of them were hesitant. And then, Matthew 28 18 to 20, Jesus gives his uh, commission or command to his disciples. This is what he says But Jesus came and spoke these words to them All power in heaven and earth has been given to me. You, then, are to go and make disciples of all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, and remember, I am with you always, even to the ends of the world. When we think about historically, uh, this passage Matthew 28, uh, has been a key verses uh, for mission endeavor, for pioneering missions. Missionaries like uh, William Carey, who went to India, started Protestant uh, mission. He based his mission career on this passage. But if you look at today's uh, paradigm, we believe that the whole narrative of the scripture, the Bible, itself reveals the nature of God's mission. And this passage, Matthew 28, is a passage, a command, Jesus speaks. Uh, Is actually a continuation of God's mission that was initiated in the book of Genesis so Matthew 28 the great commission of Jesus is the continuation of God's initiation or initiated in the book of Genesis and when we go to Acts 2 um, we see the same thing that the God is outpouring his Holy Spirit in a in a formal a a sign of formal inauguration of God's bringing his gospel to the all nations or ethnos so in, in Matthew, uh, Matthew 28, we see Jesus commanding his disciples to go to all the nations. And if you look, go to Acts 2, we see God bringing all the nations into the Jerusalem. So we see the close connection there. So what we can learn from this passage. So I just want to throw out some of the lessons and then some of the application that we can apply in our lives. First, um, when you look at Matthew 28, we can clearly see that this is a command. To go and make disciples of all nations. It says that you then are to go and make disciples of all nations. I'm reading from J.V. Phillips' translation. You then are to go and make disciples of all nations. In a similar way, if you look at other Gospels like Luke 24, 25 to 48, there Jesus commands his disciples to make disciples by witnessing, by preaching, or sharing the Gospel. So, Jesus commands his disciples to preach the repentance for the repentance for the forgiveness of sin in Luke 24, 45, and 48. In the same way, if we look at Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus commands his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all the creation. So, if we look at Matthew, Luke, and Mark, we clearly see that it is not a request. Jesus is not requesting that, right? Please go and share the gospel. He's not saying. It's not a suggestion also. Okay? You may go. Or, and it's not an option also. Okay? You can stay here or you can go. So there is no request, there is no suggestion, and there is no option here in all these three um, uh, gospels. In the same way, if we look all three of these books, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this great commission, both of these Gospels or writers, they are primarily highlighting the work of making disciples. They are highlighting the sharing the Gospel or preaching the good news. So in this sense, Jesus is not commanding them to do some good works only in these three passages or three books or, or Gospels. Jesus is not saying that you just go and do the good works. And Jesus also is not commanding or commissioning them to go and do some social justice. I imagine that, and you can imagine, um, I believe and I, I'm pretty sure that um, the world Jesus was living that time, I think, was much more uh, worse than we have today in America. You know, if you compare our lives and their life, if you compare our economic life, their in- economic life, if you compare our social injustice right now and their I think there should be much gap. But still, Jesus said that you go and preach the gospel. Okay, don't misunderstand me here. <laughs> I'm not saying that churches and I, you and I should not uh, do any good work or social justice. In fact, there's no option for that also for us. We must do that, right? As Jesus himself sh- uh, said that in Matthew 25, the book of Amos is full of social justices, right? Uh, there is no option for the church. We must do s- Good work, social justice. We must help for the poor and the needy, and the orphanage. It's full of that. But when we look, come to Matthew 28, Luke 24, and Mark 14. What we see here is that Jesus is pointing out that what human being needs first is God Himself. What human being needs first is the gospel. Actually, okay. they need to be brought back to God. They need to hear the gospel. That is their people's primary and most essential need. Before Jesus went to heaven, he is saying to his disciples, go and preach the gospel. Go and make the disciples. The reason he said is that he is highlighting what is the most essential need of human being. And that is God himself. And that is gospel himself. And that is Jesus himself. So he's pointing out. He's not avoiding. He's not saying you should not do other things. He's not saying that you should not do other good work. What he's saying that look, the most essential thing is in myself, the gospel. That's why I came here. So when Jesus is saying to go and make disciples in Matthew 28, or be my witness in Luke 24, or priest. To all the creation, Matthew 6, Mark 16, he's asking not to put the temporal and physical life above the eternal and heavenly life. The whole purpose of making disciples is first to bring people back to God and help him or her to become more like Jesus. And when people meet Jesus, their lives will be transformed forever. When people find the gospel, true gospel, their life will be radically transformed. I, I remember uh, one um, uh, story that I, when I was talking with one of our church planters, he said that there is a woman. There was a woman who had two sons, almost half blind, and she comes from an area where the world's largest mass sacrifices take place. You can Google it. If you Google it in the, um, if you Google saying that, uh, what is the the largest mass sacrifices in the world, it will show in Nepal. There's a particular place in Nepal, it's between India and Nepal, it's the border. Uh, every five years, they sacrifice around f- half a million water buffalo. In five years. Of course, that has been reduced now because of the protest, because of the uh, animal rights and all those things, because government. And, uh, but in 2009, I think they sacrificed uh, half a million uh, water buffalo alone. There are other sacrifices, chickens and other things also. See, this is one of the biggest animal sacrifice place, mass sacrifice place. A woman comes from that area, and one of our transplanters is in that area. And I was, I was talking with him, and he said, you know, this woman comes to me, and I met him, and she said that, I have two sons, half a blind, and they cannot, uh, they cannot properly see and I have been worshipping, and I have been doing all puja, we call puja, worshipping my God and Goddess every morning to heal my two sons. And I have been offering sacrifices every time this sacrifice happens in this area. I'm, do, I'm doing that. I'm offering water buffalo for sacrifice so that this God and Goddess will heal my two sons. And I have nothing else besides except these two sons. I'm poor. But every morning I do prayer, I do worship, and I said leave a small amount of money to these God and goddesses hoping that they, the God and goddess will heal my sons. So one of our planters from that area met her, shared the gospel, saying Jesus is the true healer. He loves them. Come to church and she come back to church and she also brought two of her uh, sons. When our planter saw that, two of the sons, he realized that there is something wrong physically with these uh, two boys. So he shared the gospel, he talked to them, he showed the love, but at the same time, he took them, these two brothers, to the doctors. Uh, And then doctors did all those surgery and things, and they were totally fine now. And seeing that, this woman came to our church planter and said, with a big uh, plastic bag, you know, big plastic bag, she said, you know what? Now I knew that your god is powerful loving it opened my eyes for this many years i was worshiping this god thinking that my sons will get healed i was sacrificing i was giving sacrifices water buffalo sacrifices i was collecting offering every morning thinking that my sons will get healed now i knew that the god you are talking the jesus you are talking is a real one her eyes was open with the gospel. And she brought the, this big polythene bag with a full of coins in the money and, he, and she gave it to our Planter sponsor saying that now this money belongs to the church. And, and then Charles sponsor was asking me, actually calling me and asking me, shall I take that money? Because it was offered to the idols. What shall I do? You know, and I said, what do you want to do? You know, you pray and take it. Well, that's how gospel changes. That's why I think Jesus said go and make disciples. Preach the gospel. Share the good news. Okay? At the same time don't forget those needy people. But it is the gospel. It is me who they need most. I am the most essential thing or person they need. And that's why Jesus said go and make the disciples as his last word. As his last word. And when we see Jesus' command, he's also saying that go and make disciples to all nations. Of course, in the English Bible, we see nations. But if you look at the Greek, we know that it is ethnos. And ethnos also could mean a big people group, right? So what Jesus is saying is that go and make disciples of all the people group. Ethnos doesn't mean that individual but it is certainly means a people group, like Nepali people group, maybe Dos people group, or, or, or Filipino or China. Or Ch- China you know? So, Jesus is asking his disciples to go to all ethnos and make disciples. Most of the, most of the time, when I look at this passage, Matthew 28, I look at it as a, just a command. But these days, when I was reading, I think this is not just a command, this is a heart of Jesus. Right? We can see the heart of Jesus more clearly here, I think, than any other places. So when Jesus says that go to all the ethnos, we see Jesus' compassionate heart for all of his children. When Jesus says go to all ethnos, we see Jesus' merciful heart, like a father waiting to Prodigal, his prodigal sons to come back home. When Jesus says go to all the ethnos, we see Jesus' equal love for all kinds of people, regardless, regardless of their race, backgrounds, or social economic status. So when Jesus says go to all the ethnos, we see Jesus' forgiving heart towards the sinners. Okay. And in the same way, the same parallel idea we can see uh, in Acts 2, In Acts 2 during the Pentecost time, um, we see that in Acts 2, 1 to 13, during the Pentecost time, we see the Holy Spirit descending on the disciples and they spoke different languages, it says. And there were people from 15 regions. We see all kind of ethnos there. People grew from different areas, from different regions. And, And we see there that Holy Spirit helped his disciples to speak into their languages. So it represents, it shows that God loves all kind of people group. When we look closely, this Acts 2, God literally brought people from all races here. So I want to quote it. John Stott, he quotes from Bishop Stephen Neal, and he points out that there were people from that belong to Sam, Ham, and Japheth, you know. So Sam, Ham, and Japheth. Those three persons actually represent whole human being, right? So those people from those uh, line, they were there. For example, Elamites, they were Shemites. Egypt and Libya, they belong to Ham. Cretans, they belong to Japheth. So God actually literally bringing all the people, all the eth- ethnos during this Pentecost time in Jerusalem. He's showing that Hey, I love everyone. Yes, I commanded you to go to all nations, but to, say, but to show you that I love them, I'm bringing all these people, group right here. You share the gospel. See, God is showing that. So what can we learn? Based on Matthew 28, there is a time to go out, right? It's a command. We have to go out, reach out. And that's what our missionaries are doing and we have been doing. But there is a time to open our eyes as well, that God is bringing ethnos, just like in Acts 2, to our next door. Okay. Think about Kentu. Yeah, It's full of ethnos people group. You know, I think Kentwood High School has more than 100 plus uh, language groups. I, I think. You know. Not only that, if you look at this, uh, Matthew 28 and Acts 2, Disciples spoke their own native languages. So disciples spoke their own native languages. And these diaspora believers, Jews, later went into their own places. So what I believe is that time has come that mission is now both ways. God is bringing and God is sending out again. So if you look at the United States and our place, God is bringing so many ethnos here. But at the same time, God is sending away so many ethnos to their places also. Moving moving further, as we go down, Jesus also commands disciples to go and make disciples. But also, as they go and make disciples, Jesus also invites them to rest in his assurance and promises. Jesus not only commands his disciples to go and make disciples, but he also invites his disciples to rest in his assurance and promise. If you look at this uh, 20, uh, 28, 16, verse 16, there Jesus says that, um, 16, 28, at 16, 20, we see that Jesus says that all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Prior to Pentecost, Jesus says that you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And in both places, like in Matthew, uh, Matthew 28 and Acts 1:8, Jesus says that you will receive power. I have the power, and you will receive the power. So what Jesus is saying, is doing, is here to his disciples. He is giving an assurance. He is saying that, remember. The power actually belongs to me. Remember that you are to rely on me. Remember that you have to understand, understand that this power, this sharing of gospel, making disciples actually is done under my power, in my power, with my power. So Jesus is asking his disciples to rest in his power. If you look at this Matthew 28, we see assurance, and then at the end, Jesus says, Look, I will be with you till the ends of the earth. That's a promise. He says first assurance, rely on my power. And then at the end he says, I will be with you till the ends of the earth. That's a promise. So what Jesus is saying is that rely on my assurance and my promise. That I have the power. I have the power and authority and I'm giving to you. This is something we miss sometime or most of the time, you know, especially here in the West. Uh, We talk about the power of Jesus, but we hardly believe there is a power existing outside. We we talk about the power of Jesus, but we hardly talk about there is a power of darkness and demons. We talk about power of Jesus and God, but we often tend to trust on ourselves power of our techniques, power of our wisdom. And Jesus knew that his disciples would do that. Jesus also knew that his disciples are discouraged, confused. And Jesus said that, hey look, I have the power. You don't worry. You just rest in me. You just rest in me. You have to go and make disciples. That is you do, but I will do the rest of the things. You just go. I have the power to do. I remember that one time when I was visiting Nepal, one of our church planters showed us half a um, half-built temple, and he said that, you know, the, the owner of this church building, uh, this um, uh, temple, he was suffering so many years with the evil power. his family and all of them didn't have peace, and they, they felt evil spirit in their houses. And, they were, and he was building the temple behind his uh, house, thinking that worshiping there can appease God and goddesses. By the way, this is very common practice in Nepal. Even my father, my grandfather, they had a household God whom they worshipped to appease them. Every, ta- every time sickness happens, my, f- my father and grandfather, they used to uh, sacrifice his chickens or goat, to this household god, that's how we became Christians. One, of, one day, that one of our uh, my father's uncle came to house and share the gospel. He said, "You don't have to sacrifice anything. You don't have to sacrifice chickens. Anything Jesus can heal you." My, fa- my grandfather said, "Ooh, that looks very inexpensive religion. You know, you know, it's very inexpensive, right? It's very cheap. Now I can follow that." So that's how we became Christian. Actually, you know, uh, this man also has the same story. He was building a temple, thinking that. Worshipping there will uh, cast our, out their evil things and all those things. And when our suspender met him and he shared the gospel, look, real peace is found in Jesus. And that man came to church the following week and then following week and then following week and he began to understand the gospel. He began to feel, he began to realize the power of gospel. And he said at the end, look, I think Jesus is a real God and he began to and he stopped building that temple and he threw the idols he was just about to set the idols inside the temple he threw that away you know and my, my, one of our suspenders was pointing me out that see gospel has the power to change this one we don't have power only, only God and gospel has the power we just need to rely I think that's why Jesus said remember I am with you even to the ends of the world. And Jesus invites his disciples to rest in his power and his promise. So what can we learn? I know that we have time gone. What can we learn? So disciples is an invitation. It's an invitation to invite your friends and family and all those people into our lives and show the Christ-likenesses. Oftentimes, we begin our discipleship, our relationship from the cafeteria, but in Jesus' method, discipleship began from the dining hall, right, living room. When two of his disciples said, Rabbi, where are you living? Jesus said, come and see. He invited them to his house. That's how he began his discipleship. So I want to to challenge you. you Invite someone to your home, around your dining table, who needs to know God. Invite them into your lives, not just in the coffee area, but in your home, in your in your dining hall, maybe in your living home, living room. Start thinking or looking for how many people group are or ethnos are around your city or in your neighborhood. Start praying for them, finding out ways to reach them out. How can you reach them out? How can you help them out? As I say, there are more than. 2,500 Nepali-speaking people group alone in Grand Rapids. There are Burmese now. Vietnam is one of the Burmese uh, groups are meeting in our church building right now. Two o'clock. You know, they are, there are Congolese, you know, Vietnamese, Filipino, Chinese. Find it out. Think about the bigger picture of reaching out ethnos in your city and different countries. You know, think about bigger picture. God has given us that bigger picture that we have to reach out all the ethnos, all the people group, all the nations while praying and supporting your local people group here in Grand Rapids or any area. At the end, send, send those people group or ethnos to their own people group. One of the things I want to really highlight is that in Acts chapter 2, God brought God brought many ethnos to Jerusalem but God also sent them out Also, they also went out to their own areas in fact that's how actually early church grew those who heard the gospel in Jerusalem they were from 15 regions from areas from Europe, from Asia Minor they went back to their own areas to their own people group that's how God started doing his mission so think about that Today, in our, in our city, in our place, all the ethnos have come. What would happen if they go back to their places and share the gospel? How effective would it be? So start praying for them, helping them, and supporting them. Meanwhile, think about how can you reach out to those ethnos your place, in your area. Saying that word, I want to say again, thank you so much again helping us to reach out our own ethnos, our own ethnic people group here in Grand Rapids. Um, and thank you so much for helping us to reach out back in Nepal, our Nepali people group. And I hope that uh, you will continue to pray. And if you know, if you, if you have any um, questions, if you, are, if you want to know more about how we're reaching out both here in Grand Rapids and Nepal and other parts of the world, please uh, let me know. Uh, I'll be more than happy to talk to you. Uh, you can always reach me out or you can always ask uh, Pastor John or there are so many um, actually friends, good friends and uh, family here who are actually uh, involving in the mission that we have been doing in Nepal. So again, I'm deeply grateful. Uh, Some of you actually have been involving directly uh, to Plant Church in Nepal. So I'm grateful and thankful for this opportunity, for your friendship and for for your uh, partnership. Thank you so much. God bless you.